podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Andy, we're recording. Now we're recording? Yeah. Mm. I just hit the button. Exciting. That's how this works. I hit the button. Magic happens. All this guy has to do is hit a button, and suddenly entertainment is happening. Guys. Or at least <laughs> slow and <laughs> undirected discussion. That's right. And what you're hearing is the hum of a starship. So what I was going to say, I said, let me know. Oh, am I supposed to be plugging well, in? Well, that's your. That's, that's yours. That's yours. That's all right. You use that for good, not evil. Okay. Oh. I'm plugged in. There you are. Um, I... Um, I took your advice. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if it was advice. I've given you so much advice. You really have given over, me a lot of over, advice. Over the short time and we've been doing the podcast. That's true. And we've been friends. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, and uh, some of it has been useful. Hey. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I put on the, uh, the Enterprise D uh-huh. uh, ambient noise hum. To sleep? To sleep. Isn't it great? Well, I'll tell you. At uh-huh. first, I was like, this is the best. Uh-huh. Um, because, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, you're just coasting through space as you're sleeping. Sure, sure. Um, but then, um, and I think you made re- reference to the little beeps and like the, you know, yeah. the Sometimes ship. Someone uses a replicator. Stuff at some is happening, point. right. Yeah. And that kept me awake. And I know that was the reason you said you didn't use the bridge sounds because then that's too far too active. Oh, so much happened. So I was like, bridge. you know what? There's a part of my brain that's like, I got. I don't know if I'm supposed to be scanning. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and then I did a little bit more searching, and I found one that's just the ambient noise. Just the hum. I have never slept so hard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I went down hard. I was woke up, and I had that like dry mouth. Like, oh god! Oh, god. <laughs> I think I also had a lot of weird dreams. I don't know. I don't think they were sci-fi related. Oh. But. Well, we here at the, the Next Conversation encourage you to go on YouTube and find yourself some eight-hour-long audio files Give of it a shot. The Next Generation. I really uh, enjoyed it. The YouTube count Ender for Life. Ender, the number four life, is the one that uh, we're using right now. Well, I don't want to knock Ender for Life, but the other one was, uh, was, not, was not Ender for Life. I think if you bring up was Ender it, for Life... Was it relaxing white noise no it said ambient noise uh for the enterprise but it was a different maker listen i've made my bed and i'm sleeping in it all right well you like you like there to be activity on your Uh, (laughs) in your sleeping quarters i like to (laughs) well let's say you know i imagine that uh, i imagine like dory's up using the replicator or something and i'm sleeping right she's cooking breakfast can you like i mean what if like omar's like on your desk hitting buttons that's what you can imagine yeah i mean i don't like it when omar wakes me up <laughs> as opposed to just curled up under my arm purring <laughs> <laughs> um welcome guys uh to start the next conversation i'm matt myra i'm andrew secunda uh, we did not introduce ourselves for a very long time we didn't but is that bad protocol no i mean there is no real official protocol on this episode of on this episode <laughs> 
<laughs> Some other episodes <laughs> might have protocol. On this or any episode. Uh, so we're back. Thank you, uh, everybody, for sticking with us through my vacation, in which you didn't even know it happened because we recorded an episode while I was gone. Although we have a backlog. Or before of, I was gone. Of uh, subspace messages to wait through. Ooh, two weeks of fun. That's right. Um, there's a lot of debate um, on the uh, on the intranets yeah, about sure. uh, and the poll. Let's see if I can bring it up because I have not planned it in advance. Andy tweeted a poll from our uh, Twitter account. If you're not following the Star Trek uh, The Next Conversation show on Twitter, we highly recommend that you do because you'll find fun polls like this where you can help shape what we do in our show. Although, our Twitter handle is unknown to me. What is it? It's <laughs> Star Trek TNC, at Star Trek TNC. There you go. Star Trek TNC. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting because I think we both, both Matthew and I, said, you know what? We should move the, uh, the emails to the end, the, mm-hmm. the, the hailing frequencies to the end, because it kind of slows it down at the beginning. And uh, 61% of you said, at the beginning. There you go. Five percent of you, an interest, an interesting side note, said, "Don't care about hails." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they don't want to see it. And then five percent said they wanted a short uh, bonus podcast, and twenty nine percent, twenty nine percent said they wanted it at the end. There were a lot of very strong individual people that said, "Oh, much better at the end." So uh, it's like a oh, no wait, win so those scenario. were the most vocal people. The people that said put it at the end were the most vocal. They were the most passionate, I'd say. Uh-huh. But they were not, you know, a lot of people sounded off in the other direction. Sure. Yeah. Well, so guys. Are we living by the poll, Matt? We're, we're going to explore living by the poll. And now that more people know about the poll, uh, we'll reopen it for votes for next week. Are we really just going to keep it an ongoing poll? No, we'll do it. I mean, we didn't announce that we were doing a poll. Oh, I see. So now that we've said, hey, we have a poll going, now oh, we can probably get it. We're going to reopen oh, the poll. Interesting. But because you didn't vote in the last poll, the eyes have it. So we're going to open hailing frequencies in the first part of the show. Before we do that, Matt, uh, would you recommend to these kind listeners that they watch this episode? I would highly recommend you watch 11001001. It's uh, an episode I hadn't seen in 20 years. And uh, I watched it, and yes. All right. That's my opinion. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. Whoa. All right, folks. Um, oh, you took off the ambient noise. Interesting. I didn't. The earth took it off. The earth took it off. The earth was not It really did feel like suddenly I was out in some weird Q-made void. Um... So this is from our friend Kenny Dixon, Mm -hmm. who made uh, many of our delightful songs. Hey, Matt. Hey, Andy. I like that he gave us each a hey. Uh, (laughs) What up? I thought a crap ton about... Oh, so this is in reference to Data Lore, Mm -hmm. which was uh, two episodes ago we reviewed about Data's evil twin. I thought a crap ton about Data and emotions in my years with TNG, and I have a hypothesis that I largely think fits most of the information about the android with the cat, um, referencing his own song. Data clearly has an understanding of what emotions are and how those emotions are expressed without an existential ability to feel them. Mm-hmm. As such, he has made a conscious effort to show such emotions as an abhorrently bad stage actor might in any situation. Data finds it difficult to know how and when to emote, especially when there is no true emotional payoff and also uh, when there is no one around him that can give him any clear objective answers on how to be emotional, since uh-huh. Martin Floyd explained that to him. 
I feel that for Data, this practice can be thought of as practice for when he gets emotions, if ever. This practice comes to back to bite him in the ass uh, in generations, as he has had much in the way of practice emoting, of practicing emoting, but no practice in emotional control, thus leading him to make up goofy songs and play with tricorders in more serious situations. <laughs> um, and uh, then there's other stuff about him. Why bother to practice sneezing, painting, or sculpting if you have no emotional or physiological connection to the X whatsoever? Sure. Uh, but that's what makes Data... Uh, great as a character to me, Star Trek is positing a world where not only do the robots not kill us when they gain sentience, but a world where humanity is so advanced and good that a freaking android could possibly want to adapt a cat uh, mm. to be like us. You know what? I think we should take this to the bridge. Except for Lore. Who wants to kill us? <laughs> he does. Um, kill us real good. And Actually, on that note, let's see if we can find that... Uh, all right, I'm going to have to get to it in time. Well, that's all right. People are busy on the bridge. Okay. A lot happening. That's the. Uh, those are the sounds of the bridge, huh? Mm-hmm. Still, I would not be able to sleep during this. Kurt Brownage writes us, Hey, guys, there's uh, one thing I'd like to hear Matt's opinion on. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this episode acts all weird when they're asking Data about how he's constructed. Are there no schematics for Data? Wouldn't they have scanned him and written a few things down at Starfleet headquarters before they signed him up for the Academy? Anywho, keep up the great work. Yeah, but I think that people probably didn't bother to ever read those, you know? <laughs> that seems like that's bad policy. No, like, that's it's like, not that's like my legitimate thing. Like, if I was like, if I was like on, um, if I got assigned to the Enterprise, uh, I don't know that I'd read Data's schematics. <laughs> You know what I mean? you? One of the engineers would. I mean, they got a freaking 20th century history expert on the on the on the ship. Wouldn't they? Shouldn't they have somebody who's an expert in data? Well, I that, think w- arguably one of the most powerful weapons and tools on the ship. Weapons? You are trying to weaponize data? I think data is a weapon of mass destruction. I think that that's just inappropriate. So well, maybe not mass destruction, but definitely killing possible killing machine. Oh well, for sure. Um. Sherry W. writes us. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello, Matt and Andy. Uh, this, and this is uh, Can Data Feel Without Emotions? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I think this was your best ep yet. Perhaps it is due to the caliber of the episode, but I would say I enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh, that is an interesting question. Whether our, <laughs> whether our quality of our episodes will go up or down as the quality. No, I think there was just so much the, to unpack right. in, in, in that episode. There was a lot to discuss. Yeah. To my question, um, there, uh, there's a couple of points in the episode where Data was recalling memories when he said he felt something. Mm. I always felt it was done hurriedly and something that feels familiar. These are both quotes from Data. Mm-hmm. Do you have insight as to how he's using this term? It seems that he's recalling some vague memory, but why can't he just pull up the memory rather than say he has a feeling? This is also a question I would say. I also have. This is confusing yeah. knowing he does not have emotions. How can he have feelings? Well, I, th- I just like interpreted that as assuming like buried it. It's not not something easily accessible. Um, but can he do that? Doctor Noonien Sung can do anything. So Noonien Sung programmed him to have certain memories not be easily accessible. I think that maybe he did. It actually would add up because he's constantly sort of thinking and remembering things, and yeah, he's accessing all of himself. It's kind of He's smart. accessing data. 
He also says, Sherry also says, Jordy is a Macophile's revelation. <laughs> so, you know that. Keep um, up the great work. It, when, when Brent Spiner read the script and went in, and he assumed the character was called Data. Until the table read, the character was called Data. And then Patrick Stewart said Data. And then it just became Data. Really? Yeah. Now, is that how the English say data? I don't know. Or data? I mean, it's how Patrick Stewart says it, so now we all say it. But how do the English say data? I don't know. I would love to know it. If you're English, please send us a <laughs> soundbite of you saying data, or I say data. Or just write to us. Or you could just tell and us. And write D-A-Y. And write phonetically, yeah. Or uh, D-A. Or you could just go about your day. Yeah, you could ignore this. We won't remember it. <laughs> Brad Arrington wrote us, Hey guys, um, as I wrote you a couple weeks ago, I started keeping track of the Andes and MVC awards in a spreadsheet. I got caught up in data lore today, so here are the current totals. Do you want me to say the totals? Sure. For the MVCs, the lead is Wesley Crusher with 3.5 points. And the runner-up, as you might expect, is Captain Picard with 2.5 points. Um, the average of season one, Andy, so far, Andy, uh, 4.2 Andy's, uh, Matt, 3.8 Andy's, which oh. has been my experience. We're like, uh, we're very close. Yeah. But I'm always a little bit higher than you, yeah. uh, which is odd because I'm also the more vocal critique, critic, mm. critiquer. <laughs> I added a bunch of color coding and charts so you can see the leaders at a glance. Yes, I'm Excel nerd. So when I get my act together, I will put it on our Instagram which uh, we now have, which I believe... I didn't even know we had that. Yeah, I just started last week, which is also at Star Trek TNC. Um, Austin writes us, Guys, great episode, guys. Guys, seriously, the best episode yet. Guys, I think you were the best Star Trek podcast available, guys. The art (laughs) test commercial made me laugh out loud, guys. Guys, I have another suggestion for an awesome segment, guys. You guys should count the number of times Matt says the word guys. (laughs) Guys, I think it would be awesome, guys. Love the show, guys. You guys rock. Uh... Do I say that a lot? I think you say it when you're being hyperbolic or 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 uh, or intentionally cute. I don't think you say it as a regular thing. So you put him in his head. No, I just like I'm wondering in the context of me saying guys. I'm not addressing. I'm only addressing you. Why would I say guys? I think you're saying it to the audience, aren't you? Oh, maybe that's it, guys. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Raymond writes us, Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, dear. Andy, it gets better. That's the classic thing that uh-huh. everybody opens with. My theory, my theme, is that data can feel emotions, but his brain can't process or identify those emotions. Oh, Something that's interesting. similar to agnosia alexthymia, people who have an inability to identify and describe emotions in themselves. Huh. It's interesting. Um, and then... I have a thing about the crystalline entity. You do? Yes, from Amy Douse. I hope I'm pronouncing that even close. Amy. Hi, Matt and Andy. Happy face emoticon. Still very much enjoying the show and is a regular part of my commute each week. I was thinking about the timeline and the use of the crystalline entity and have a theory. I kind of think Data has programmed... Uh, has programming preventing him from... Oh, this is what I was trying to find before. Programming him from uh, directly... Slash intentionally killing humans again, probably easily disproved. I don't know. Is that true? Uh, do you remember Data ever trying to kill somebody, Matt? Uh, Without him being messed with somehow. Yes. Oh. 
All right, there you go. And so maybe Lord does as well. Season four, the most toys. Uh, also uh, in um, Descent Part One, he tries to kill. Well, maybe I shouldn't hear this. I mean, I'm just saying. He tries to kill someone without... Or maybe the most toys is in season Without three. anybody messing with his programming or trying to control his brain. Yeah, I mean, he's programmed for defense. Right. Not so then how would he try and... Oh, so if so, he kills somebody in defense. Well, it's I a... I think that's a, what it's she a, said. It's a, it's a... It's a... It's a... It's something that they touch on and there's it's, it's discussed in the show. All right. Well... Uh, you, you, all of our friends can look into that. I'm not going to because I don't want the spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she theorizes maybe Lord does as well, in which case he would need the entity to do this for him. The colonists learned of his plot, disassembled him, but by then it was too late and the entity killed them anyway. As Matt references spoilers, oh, uh, the entity comes back later and it's not an immediate killing of all people on the planet, but happens over days, maybe longer. And I thought this was actually did explain my question. Right. Yeah. No. That's a theory we hadn't thought about. That that would that would help me out a lot too with logic. Um, Chef Randall. Okay, Chef Randall. Send us some Star Trek themed treats, Chef. Um, <laughs> first off, great work. I'm enjoying your commentary more than I would enjoy rewatching season one by far. I have to say that your theory about Wesley being a high functioning sociopath has truly changed the way I watch Next Gen. <laughs> I find myself watching Wesley when he is not speaking. He is certainly casting shifty glances. He really does. Shifty glances yeah. around when he thinks the camera is not on him. Twitchy teenager or murderous madman? Um, okay, so this one is about uh, Angel One. Data's perfume. So Data didn't understand what perfume was. Right. Hey, guys, your issues with the scene with the perfume in Angel One are completely valid. But let me just say that far more irritating to me is that Data doesn't know the word aphrodisiac. Yeah. Ridiculous. More proof of the theory that Data is fucking with everyone. Keep it up. That's, that's a good point. Okay. Now, this was a warp speed question I had. Go. Another great episode. You discussed why Picard chose Warp 6 to make it to the neutral zone, but it's unclear how much time Crusher used of her 47 minutes that Data tells Riker they have if they go to Warp 9 and arrive at the Romulans' attack, but before the ship is station is destroyed. Do you remember this? Yes. Isn't the warp scale logarithmic, uh, like the Richter scale for earthquakes, or at least exponential? It's exponential. So yeah, it is exponential, yes. Point, why did they pick Warp 6? Seems like they'll get there too late. Uh, it does seem like they'd get there too late. It was something that a little occurred plot to hole me I hadn't thought about it as I was listening to our episode. Um, Prime. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, we both had a mistake at the same time. I heard something. Well, that was just my phone. Right. Okay. Time for a retrospective. Cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Um, so this is the prime corrective for the week. All right. Nathan Bell says, greetings, Matt and Andy. Of course, everyone knows the novels aren't canon, but the most plausible explanation for how the holodeck ac- ac- accommodates... Oh, 
I need a prime corrective for my face. Um, Multiple Users is the book Avenger by William Shatner and Garfield and <laughs> Judith Reeves Stevens. By William Shatner. That's got to be one of the good ones. Uh, <laughs> William Shatner, whose series of books brought Captain Kirk back from the dead. Oh, that explains it. I didn't even process that. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. I don't know the exact details, but I haven't read it, and I haven't read it in about 15 years. Um, but I think the bad guy has locked a newly resurrected Kirk and his buddy Spock in a working holodeck. As they wander around, Kirk notices they're farther apart than the room, is wide, and shouts to Spock, Explain how it works. Spock says the holodeck creates a unique box of perspective for each user, and they are seeing and hearing holographic pro- projections of either of each other. This explains, oh, weird. So they're not really seeing themselves? Bananas. Okay. This explains why every time someone enters the holodeck looking for someone already in there, they have to walk a good way into the landscape before they find them, but they're actually right next to them. Is that the idea? (laughs) Their individual perspective boxes have to get near enough to each other in the virtual environment. People could walk miles in that environment as they have their own perspective and their own treadmill. I suppose this is analogous to split-screen multiplayer in present-day video games. Yeah. Interesting. Very. Hadn't thought about that. Um... And uh, and I'm going to skip over a long one we have here. Um, right. Because uh, we got to get into it. We do. And I'll just get into uh, Christopher Clements, who, who made one of our things, says, uh-huh. Hey, Andy and Matt. So I was listening to this week's episode, and at the end of the email segment, what do I hear but Andy bagging on my hailing frequencies clothes sound? But, but I made it in the style of the voice of God in Justice, <laughs> which is more or less... Um, as time bandits, I had commented uh, for yes. the record that it was ominous sounding. Oh, well, everyone has their opinion. So here are a few more var- variations on the hailing frequencies close sound. Cheers, Christopher. And here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us off the bridge so we can give it their full due. Okay. Oh, wait. Did I? <laughs> boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Guys. Oh, someone says guys, and it wasn't me. <laughs> it really, they really cut you to the quick, didn't it? <laughs> I think it's this one. Hitting frequencies closed. Oh, I like that. There's also this one. Hitting frequencies closed. <laughs> There's also uh, this one. <laughs> oh, no, it's that, not that one. No. Oh, oh boy. what's happening? Oh, uh, that's a problem for my... Chris, don't feel bad, because I'm a mess. So what do I know? Um... That's the original one. I like that. We're out of there? We're out of our hail... We're, we're done hailing, thank God. Yes. Guys, Welcome. This is episode, uh, production number 116, aired February 1st, 1988. That was the week it was sold into syndication, guys. And Andy's going to tell us a little bit about what was happening in the world on February 1st, 1988. Oh, really tried to drag it out. Stardate 41365.9. Um, it was, we didn't set it up for you either. Um, oh man. What? Um, it was Could Have Been by Tiffany. 
Really? Uh huh. Well, I don't even know that song. I'm gonna. Uh, we're I'm gonna, gonna hear it. We're either. gonna hear it together. You could also do "I Think We're Alone Now," which was by Tiffany, which was that one. Number we one. All, yeah, but that was one number one in the UK. Weirdly, I guess it must have already been, but it wasn't because last week it was still it was something else. I don't remember what it was now. It was a really nice instrumental instrumental beginning. Gotta say, it gets me immediately. I'm just, I don't have any recollection of this song. I don't either. It's weird that it was number one. Are there a lot of number one songs that just wouldn't even hit our radar? I gotta hear the fucking chorus, because then I think maybe... This, now I remember this. This sounds like uh, Take a Look at Me Now. Well, the sure, that's another one Phil of Phil Collins song. Oh, no, let's take a look. No. Don't remember it at all. I uh, remember that when she says could have been, that's the only thing I remember. So it's that is, appropriate uh, that's that that's bizarre. the title of the song. I, I, I prefer that it was a different song. So here's Take a Look at Me Now. Well, while you're doing that, <laughs> the unbearable lightness of being was number one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, Bonfire of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe was one of the best-selling books. Oh, Tommy Wolfe, good old Tomster. Uh, so wearing let's... his white suit somewhere. <laughs> let's talk about the episode, Andy. Directed by Paul Lynch, written by Maurice Hurley and Robert Lewin. Again, uh, I guess I'll, I'll fade away. Uh, good old Phil Collins. Okay. Oh, although he's going to get to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil. He, he knew how to make arena music. You cannot take it away from him. The guy's voice was built for arena. Yeah. And yet he was the drummer. Boy, I really think I might love Phil Collins. Did he ever sing lead while he was in Genesis? After Peter Gabriel. I mean, after Peter Gabriel? Yeah. He never sang any lead while, like, there was no song that was his time. I don't think so. Anyway, we love Peter Gabriel here on the podcast. Uh, Please come on the show and visit us. Uh, So the Enterprise visits Starbase 74, everyone's favorite Starbase. I gotta say, the opening shot of this episode amazing, incredible, so beautiful. Uh, I mean, I read that that was from Star Trek Three, the space dock. Yeah, and uh, I think in one of our future letters, uh, someone says, um, points out that the uh, the Enterprise fits into the same space dock space. Well, we'll just assume it's a bigger space. Dock. Right, it's a different one. Yeah, uh, the Enterprise visits Starbase seventy four for an upgrade to the ship's computer facilities. A task that will be performed by the Binars. They are a race grown so dependent upon computers that they work in pairs and communicate directly in binary language. While the crew puts in for shore leave, Riker tries out a new holodeck program for a New Orleans jazz bar where he can play trombone, or as he calls it, bone. 
there he meets Minuet, a sultry brunette, and the most realistic character a holodeck has ever created. Soon, Picard joins them, and he's amazed at the difference the Binar's upgrade has made. Minuet is almost too good. The reason why is soon discovered. The Binars are using Minuet as a decoy while faking a magnetic shield breakdown to empty the ship. The alien's ruse works as they hijack the Enterprise to take them home. To avoid its capture, Picard and Riker program the ship to self-destruct, but then they emerge on the bridge and find the Binars not defiant but dying. The aliens feared an electromagnetic pulse from a nearby Nova would ruin their world's master computer, so they wanted to borrow the Enterprises, the only mobile memory core large enough. But the pulse has already hit. Now that they understand the problem, the officers use the ship's computer to help rejuvenate the Binars, but Riker discovers his minuet is gone and can't be recreated. You know, well, yes, I, guess, well, I always say things that then I say, well, we're, we're going to get into it. But just to address it now... Starfleet, uh, I feel like Starfleet has terrible espionage and security departments <laughs> because this is the second time in a yeah. handful of episodes yeah. that someone has been allowed full access to mess around with everything on the enter the Enterprise's engineering. And they're from a planet. Like, didn't anybody do any research about the Binars or Binus, the planet? Like these people are just allowed on. Hey, you know what? We got to get. We got to get. You know, what we need specifically the Enterprise. All right. Well, let's just infiltrate Starfleet. Yeah. Like, although the commander, uh, what's his face, the other guy, seems to have had a pretty long working relationship with the Binars. I don't know. Maybe it was a long-standing plan. So that's the reason. It was, was it a long con? Yeah. Let's hear the captain's log. Whoops, I didn't mean to do that. I pulled Andy. Captain's log, stardate oh, 41365.9. The Enterprise has been ordered to Starbase 74 in orbit around Tarsus 3. A routine maintenance check of all systems will be made and certain upgrades completed, including the holodeck with which we've had problems. I anticipate a glowing report. The ship has performed magnificently beyond anyone's expectations. Like, I mean, you're docking because you're having problems with your fucking holodeck? <laughs> yeah. And so that is that off of, um, what was the episode where you get strapped in the detective story? Uh, the Big Goodbye. So is that, off, is that what he's talking about? Uh, I think that's one of the problems he had with his holodeck. I wonder if they wrote that in. I feel like another problem was that the snow hit him, and it shouldn't have. (laughs) There have been a couple of really stupid things that have happened. Whoa, what's going on with this holodeck? It's broken. Let's go to space dock. Yeah. Uh, So here's the deal, guys. I I hadn't seen this episode in easily 20 years. So when I started watching it, I got excited because I one thing I love more than anything else on Star Trek is uh, monotonous maintenance of the ship and uh, Starfleet operations. I I kind of agree. So I and I would say usually I'm always a big complainer about act breaks and everything um, and and not enough forward momentum, but and all the the side stories about the characters. Uh, I was delighted. I, I loved watching all the I, I, the docking uh, the whole hey, docking hey, sequence. I mean, it's just coming into position. Stand by to dock. Ready to dock, sir. 
I love it. You see like a bunch of uh, Starfleet personnel staring out a window, looking at the Enterprise coming in. It's like big budget movie docking. Yeah. Docking complete. Love that sound. So nice. Thank you, number one. Well done. And well done all. I love the... Oh, by the way, the music. Excellent in this episode. Very big budget. I I just really... I had a great time with this episode. I don't know why everyone hates this episode. I feel like it's not a well-loved episode. Uh, that was the vibe I was getting from you, and I was really expecting it to be lame. Um, and outside of the binars, which is... Uh, which are kind of problem with the binary? They're a little bit silly. <laughs> there's a there's a race of is the idea that they became sort of these sets of two, or they were sets of two. And I think I think them communicating with the computer so much uh-huh. they, made they, them, they evolved into decided it. Decided that communication was better in pairs. Like okay, that. so even if you accept that and their weird as voices and all that stuff, as you do, mm-hmm. um, um. The fact that this was a question I had, first of all, from a writing perspective, yeah, the binars from Binus and their binary race. Can't spend a few more minutes on it, guys. But okay, putting that aside, the, what is the, re, is it like, is that a universal translator thing? That the universal translator is just being lazy and just like, I don't know, let's say the English translation is binars. Oh, Maybe. I, I, I feel like I would almost I don't know it's an interesting question of would you would you prefer it to be some some you know alien gobbledygook like I'm the mockflaws or would you prefer it to be the binars which is just like I think I like the binars like binary <laughs> although you know it could just be the um, one of those you know like America is called America because of Amerigo Vespucci signing his name on a map uh huh you know what I mean? So it's like... So we called them the binars. I feel like whoever the first ship was to make contact with them. And Native Americans are called Indians because... Again, yes. Oh, you know what? I'll buy that. That's reasonable. That's my... That is my explanation for why the binars are called the binars. You know what, Matt? I got a, I got a theme for you. Oh. I think I you're going to like it. Okay. Oh, because we so got some uh, Matt had had some concerns about the fact that he wasn't uh, he wasn't getting a theme the way that Andy was getting a theme and oh. then someone uh, someone sent this in. So, I, I don't know if I've already played this, so I apologize if I have. This is a theme song for Matt cuz Andy has way too many. <laughs> this is a theme song for Matt cuz Andy has way too many. That's it. <laughs> Listen. I like it. I like a simple song. That was from uh, Jane. Jane? Yes. Thank she you, Jane. Want her last name used, and I understand why. Well, I know you probably have like a social life you have to maintain. <laughs> Someone accidentally overhears this. Um, Permission to come aboard? Granted. Welcome. Captain? Commander Riker? Commander? You're late. We expected you a week ago. We were unexpectedly delayed at Omicron Pascal. Oh. Is there anything specific you wish to report or that we should be aware of? No, we're very pleased with the operation of the Enterprise. I knew you would be. I was in charge of the team which put it together. Are these gentlemen? You were? They're not gentlemen. That just flew by me. Oh, did you? Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of cool. Commander Quinteros is his name. 
I did a little deep dive. So on he him worked I, on the Uto- at the Utopia Planitia. Yes, uh, overseeing the build team for the Enterprise. Apparently, and probably worked pretty closely with the uh, with Leah Brahms. <laughs> is that the? Is that what was that? She designed the engines. Oh, um, this uh, you'll this... meet her in season three. Oh, nice. Commander Quinteros Quinteros mm-hmm. is a uh, Quinteros Quinteros is played by Gene Dynarski mm-hmm. or maybe Dynarski and uh, he was in uh, All the President's Men as a court clerk. Uh-huh. He uh, was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind as Ike. I don't know what character that is. I would love to know if anybody wants to do the research on that. <laughs> Not me. That's he was good. in Mud's Women in uh, the original series as one of the minors. Oh my god, that's great. Um and uh mission impossible the guy's just he was you know, also in mark of gideon you know it's funny series. that he was in mud's women yeah the the minuet says i'm not programmed to respond in that manner which is a very close to mud's women i'm not programmed to respond in that area are you talking about the androids yeah that's not what happens in Mud's Women. That's uh, oh, is that I, I Mud. Mud? Damn yeah. it. Mud's Women is the other one. Yeah. His first appearance. I feel very proud of myself. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I out Star Trek the Trekkie. Oh, There's gosh. a Trekker. Do they like Trekkers better uh, now? I Do we like Trekkers better now? I don't care what we like. <laughs> Just gonna... <laughs> Come on, Matt. This is a theme song for Matt. <laughs> no. Because Andy has way too many... <laughs> I want a theme song from someone who's not ashamed to give their last name. <laughs> ladies Commander. They're a unified pair. I love this. They're not together. ladies, Commander. This is 1-0, and this is 0-1. They just finished upgrading the computers on the Wellington. Did a great job. Your reputation precedes you. I'm very pleased you're going to be improving our system. It is a great pleasure to work on such a large mobile computer. They're a little you silly. have 48 hours, because in 48 plus 6, we have an appointment on Peleus 5. We must keep I thought we'd have more time. I'm sorry, this mission can't be delayed. If you want to postpone the work... Oh, no, this is the best time to do it. We can complete our work within the time allotted. They work very quickly, but it'll be very tight. And everything they say sounds suspicious. Be available should you need us. Thank you, Captain. I don't think we'll need you until we're ready for inspection. I love the background. (laughs) That's right. You ready to go to sleep? (laughs) No, I'm like listening to the people in engineering talk. The perfect for this. Uh, so then we enter a world of, uh, Riker not knowing what to do with himself, which I also enjoyed because it's like day-to-day life on the Enterprise. Can I ask a, this may be a, uh, a baldest question and as a balding person myself, I, I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't say it, is, uh, is Commander Quinteros too similar a type to, I was like struck that them walking side by side in the same uniform. Yeah, I thought that was odd. Seems like an odd casting choice to me. I, I agree, one hundred percent. All right, there you go. So, day to day life on the Enterprise. Yes, one of my favorite things to see. Are you going to do the work right? up? Then I'm going to my cabin. I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to turn on my personal relaxation light, and I'm going to lose myself in the pages of some old novel. Personal relaxation light. Does the he mean he a bomb? That, I think. I think. <laughs> I think whatever light that is will blow him. <laughs> The way he says it, I'm going to turn on my personal relaxation light See, my, it, that it, I picked up on Risa. It bumps with a, with a prior theory that will come up again today, which sure. is that Picard is a virgin and has uh-huh. no understanding of sex in any way. Understood. But, uh, what about you, number one? You earned a rest. I've never been very good at organizing my time off. 
Something will turn up. It always does. I gotta say, he means someone. Is that what he means? I think that's what he means. Well, he was right, wasn't he? Someone will turn up, even if she was a made-up person. Uh, but I will say that that uh, that statement, uh, Matt Matthew and I are currently on hiatus from the Goldbergs, and uh, and it really hit me hard because I'm I'm having trouble. Uh, dealing with myself and figuring out what trips I should go on or what I should do. You're gonna. What's gonna happen to you? Unless you book something, is you, you're not gonna take any trips. I know. So I wish we were already so big that I there tried was to like, get you to New York. You did, and you refused for some reason. I guess I I wanted to plan it more. Yeah, but I that's f- the thing. Didn't I have something to do here? Wing it. You gotta yeah. wing it, bro. Uh, yeah. I just want. I want to have a big event for us to go, and then I go. Oh, well, I went for the to that event. <laughs> I went to WonderCon, and you're that always, was fun. Always, oh, how was WonderCon? WonderCon was delightful. I didn't even. I, we never even talked about it because I was in France, uh, and I was hoping that uh, people would uh, go. Hey, uh, TNC. Nobody. No one knows what your face looks like. Nobody knows what my face looks. Like. That's the. That's, yeah. the, that's probably the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not that we have five listeners. <laughs> So yeah, panel was good. Uh, it was super fun. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw uh, a little I bit of it in the of... writer's text thread. That it looked like a hoot. Geeky stuff. Uh, Kevin Smith uh, moderated the panel. Garland and and uh, Wendy McClendon Covey and Adam Goldberg were uh-huh. there. Uh huh. Super fun. Doug Robinson. Doug Robinson. Can't forget executive producer Doug Robinson. Of course not. Um, how many times was I mentioned? You were mentioned a couple of times. Great. Actually, thank God. Yes. Oh, no. Finally, WonderCon. Uh, okay, so we're back on daily life aboard the Enterprise. Uh, let's I had, yeah, so my next thing was, do you want to do the wharf thing? Because there's... I'd like to do the wharf thing, but first I want to talk a little bit about uh, more of the suspiciousness of these binaries and Riker's distrust of them. Then why are you acting so excited? Because we all have to... We are stacking! To reconfigure the computer. To communicate with itself more efficiently. And at higher speeds. You act like you don't believe them. <laughs> I'm not sure that I do. Maybe it's nothing. Perhaps it's just the way another species behaves. Maybe. I'm going to stroll around the ship. You've got the bridge. Keep your eye on them. Yes, sir. He means troll around the ship. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would help the characters out a lot if they could hear the music. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Not that Wesley had any uh, any read on on, uh, on vocal tone from those two. <laughs> you seem like you don't uh, believe those two that are acting like cartoon villains, suspicious cartoon villains. Uh, oh, no, we can get it done. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. No, everything's fine. So you wanted to talk a little bit about Parisi Squares. Let's do it. All right. We've been challenged to a friendly game of Parisi Squares by some of the maintenance personnel. Want to join us on the Starbase? You've already got all the players you need. Oh, we can switch off. Now, you know, if you do that in Parisi Squares, you'll lose the rhythm of the game. I can't talk you into coming with us. No, you win, all right? The pride of the Enterprise goes with you. Rest assured, Commander, we will be victorious at whatever the cost. Or it's just a game, <laughs> a friendly little competition. You work up a sweat, you have a few laughs, and you make new friends. If winning is that important, then, Commander... Why keep score? Boom. I think he's pulling your leg. Believe it or not, Worf is developing a sense of humor. I hope so, for their sake. 
Good luck. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, there's some there's some really like delightful Rikerdom in here. Well, this is the thing. And so I don't know if it's just quality of the character moments and now they're getting a handle on the characters because I've complained about the weird the weird character moments being very inorganic and the, not being performed well and not being written well and all the character moments in this episode I was delighted by. I agree. Um that's I mean I just I just really enjoy all of this and now on to the funniest joke in the history of Star Trek. To be, and then I'll give you my opinion. It is an attempt at pure creativity. What we're investigating is can data be creative? And this is my attempt. With guidance from Geordi. I suggested the xylo eggs. Is that what those are? Keep notes. This project may turn out to be of interest to scholars in the future. Really? Well, of course, think about it a blind man teaching an android how to paint. It's got to be worth a couple of pages in somebody's book. Sick burn. Sick burn. Oh, right there. Took him down. <laughs> By the way, is that not enormously offensive to both of them? That's why I loved it. <laughs> Just so weird. It was great. I mean, everybody knows a blind man can't paint. Am I right? And everybody knows that an android is barely human. Blind All right. Man see you guys later. an android out of paint? <laughs> nah, I got to go fuck someone. <laughs> You guys hang out. And, like, how pleased he is with himself. He's delighted. Ugh. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so great. What you going to do? I think Riker got to be Riker. I think we're going to head to the holodeck. That's what we're going to do. All right. Oh, um, yes. We, I don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to go into it. Um, I'm willing to go into it. What is it we need to go into? I was wondering, Beverly makes reference to the disaster at Macromius, uh-huh. and I couldn't find anything on it. Uh, if anybody wants to dig out what, it, what happened with the with the androids, I'm guessing, at Macromius, because she's going to see Professor Terrence Epstein um, at a cybernetics <laughs> convention, I can I assume. What? What? <laughs> it's, it's a scene, that's what she was doing. Yeah, no, I know, but like... <laughs> You want them to fill in what the disaster was? Like, you're, no, I'm not saying in the are episode. Are you upset that they didn't? No, 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 no. I didn't want any more of that scene. But uh, um, I just wanted to know what it was. If anybody, if anybody wants to do a deep dive on that, and um, um, oh, and then the the he questions the uh, the aliens. Are you going to be in the holodeck with the questioning of the aliens, or are you just going to go right to the girl? Uh, we're going to be at his arrival when he okay, designs, yeah, when he designs his dream program. Go to it. How's it going? We are almost done. The deviation caused by a previous probe has been corrected. You may use the equipment anytime you wish. How much has been changed? What exactly did you do? Enhancement. Nothing more. Would you like to try the enhancement? All right. What should I choose? Computer, I'd like some place to play some music, a little atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Specify. Jazz. Era. Circa 1958. Location. Kansas City. No. New Orleans. Bourbon Street Bar, New Orleans. New Orleans. Around New Orleans. 2 a.m. Sure. Program complete. Enter when ready. Ah! 
Oh, look at that bar. Very good. Very good indeed. Still impressed. Yeah. I have to think these holodecks are like fairly new. They gotta be new. A trio. Piano, bass, and drums, and a bone for me. A bone. Sure. Please specify what kind of bone. I mean, we've all seen cartoons of cavemen playing bone like percussion instruments. Like a giant dinosaur-sized bone. If everything else was super detailed and accurate, and then there was a giant bone in a the middle of the cartoon stage. cartoon bone. Yeah. Is this what you meant? Now an audience. Imagine being one of these extras. You're like, you got a day on the set of uh, oh, Star great. Trek, We're and gonna you're going to be in Riker. And all you are is a, literally a still image. Yep. Whoa. Too many. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Oh. Great job, boys. But computer, blondes and jazz... Seldom go together. The fuck is that supposed to mean? Now that is truly exceptional. But more sultry. I don't understand the distinction between <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Sultry too is like that's this is what the computer pulls up for sultry. They all seem roughly the same to me. Although she does have smoky eyes. She's got yeah, she has prettier eyes. Uh okay, so Wesley's still on the bridge watching the binars. Um Riker's down in his fucked engine. Uh huh. Holodeck four. Right. Or is it two? Anyway. Uh and Picard is in his ready room? He's still on the bridge, isn't he? I don't know. I think he's still on the bridge until he goes and finds Will in the uh, in the fuck dungeon. Because he says, uh, all right, I'm going to, as usual, nobody says, hey, uh, uh, Riker, uh, Picard to Riker. He says, oh, I'm going to go down. But he's in the holodeck. Here's the problem. The yeah. binars need to... They need, you know, their plan is they need someone uh, who's able to help them if they should be too late. How do they know that Riker is going to go want to go use the holodeck? Oh, that's a really good point. You know what I mean? Oh, wait. I think that they say at the end that um, that they made that decision when they saw his reaction. I think they talk to each other in super speed binary language and then oh. and then make the adjustment. Prepare for maximum binary. <laughs> um so um my next stuff is uh with the uh the holographic girl. Can I uh can I take the the helm? Please go for it. Okay. I mean, can you take the helm is actually a question for you. Right. binars doing their work what's a knockout like you doing in a computer generated gin joint like this waiting for you waiting for me you can't be serious oh yes will i've never been more serious in my life I can't make it to the 
<laughs> so that's them coming up with the plan, I think. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, so they... S- You know, it's funny. So I was watching this episode. So she says that. Hang on a sec. And then, uh, and I'm like, is that what he dreams about? This kind of weird, intense thing. And then there is this later. Um, sorry, seventeen forty-five. Mm-hmm. How did you learn to dance so well? From following you. I can anticipate your lead. So, tell me about your work. What is it about it that consumes and enthralls you? An interesting choice of words. That's exactly what it does. You're very fortunate. Okay, so all this led me, uh huh, Matthew. Oh boy, I feel like we're leading into something. <laughs> <laughs> to a theory. Where are all the bathrooms at? Who let an android have a cat? Is Data just pretending to be so dim? No one knows the answers. Least of all, <laughs> it's Andy's theories. Um... I believe, and it and it gave me a little trouble in that last episode, Angel One, where I was having trouble coming up with a with a theory because a lot of it has to do with Riker, um, you know, bedding down Beata uh, yeah. from the other planet. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't get a handle on this something that fits the grand spectrum of everything, and there was something that was nagging at me here. Mm-hmm. I believe oh. that Commander William Riker. Uh-huh. Is in love with Captain Picard. What? Yes. And it is an earth-shattering theory. I know, and I uh, and I feel like I have a lot of uh, evidence. And he, let's listen to this. I know you're a computer-generated image, but you smell, you touch the way you feel. Even the things you say and think seem so real. Thank you. How far can this relationship go? (laughs) I mean, how real are you? As real as you need me to be. So that's evidence to me that uh, these are all this new technology. Because it sounds like he's asking her, "Am I allowed to have sex with you?" (laughs) Yes. And then he kisses her for the first time, and now they're kissing. Yep, I'm listening. So he's she's she's setting the pace here. Uh-huh. She's leading him into this. And then this happens. Well, she's just trying to distract him for as long as possible. Right. Astounding. Captain. Oh, I'm sorry, number one. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's all right. Come on in. Side note. Uh, Picard, of course, doesn't understand sex because he's a virgin, so he, he doesn't really know. Oh, I shouldn't walk into the holodeck and doesn't really know what's going on other than he's interrupting something. Uh huh. Riker should just let him go. He says, "Come on in." Um, and uh, and he says, "Come on in." This is uh, and then here we go. You picked a wonderful locale. This is. Something I might have chosen myself. Aren't you going to introduce me? Yes. Of course, Captain Picard, this is Minuet. Minuet, 
Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Enchanté. So she starts to. She starts to talk in French. Yep. And then. Will was saying how much she enjoys this assignment. It's a credit to you. For a ship and crew to function well, it always starts with the captain. So she pulls him in. At this mm-hmm. moment, it is you who are setting the tone. Exactly right. She is setting the tone. Now, she knows the way to keep Riker there is to promise sex if we are to believe that that is what he is mostly interested in. But when she sees Picard there, uh-huh. she starts to lure Picard in because what Riker is really interested in is a threesome with the holodeck girl <laughs> because he can't he can't face it yet. Uh-huh. Um, let me see if it goes further here. If it goes further. The sophistication of this programming is remarkable. In what way? The holodeck has given us woodlands and ski slopes, figures that fight, and fictional characters with whom we can interact, but you... You're very different. You adapt. You spoke to me in French. And then there's a later scene. Mm-hmm. It's a long... It's a, this it's is a hard quite thing. A, this yeah, is but, quite a... But just stick with me here. Quite a thing you're putting together yeah. here. Oh, don't you agree, Jean-Luc? Okay, so now this is when... Uh, when It's later. So he's hung in there. <laughs> clearly indicating that he has no sense uh, that Riker wants to have sex with him. However, from Riker's side, why has Riker not made him leave before this this is later and he's sitting almost in between them and the holodeck girl yeah sorry it's your theory i'm not gonna step on no no you feel free the holodeck girl keeps drawing in picard Uh uh-huh it's so very different from the other images we've experienced on the holodeck isn't she she's she's more intuitive it's as though she's been plugged into my subconscious now this is where i get into it she already knows what I want her to say before I'm aware of it myself. She already knows what I want before I'm aware of it myself. He yeah. hasn't faced the truth. That's interesting. Why did she? Why did he not get together with Troy? I'll ask you that. Uh, because he was career focused and didn't want to go to Beta Z and have kids. Was it career focused? Uh huh. Or was it Picard focused? Uh, well, it was long before Picard. But okay. Computers make decisions based on input and. We humans give off a multitude of subtle signs that that communicate our emotions. He gives off a bunch of signs. <laughs> so basically what he's saying is she can read you perfectly. She knows exactly what you want. Uh-huh. And what is she doing in the scene? She's trying to make Picard stay. Yes, because that's what she's programmed to do. I mean, I have a thing at the very end to uh, support uh, it also, but, uh, but I don't know if you want to jump that far ahead. Uh, it doesn't matter. I read the description of the episode uh, because of that. Okay. Here we go. The last moment. Mm-hmm. She's gone. This is after she is a uh, minuet. He's gone back down. He's tried to recreate her. Yep. She's gone. I tried variations on the program. Others appeared, but... Minuet. Maybe it was all part of the Binars programming. But you know, number one, some relationships just can't work. Yes, probably true. 
You tell me, when Riker is looking at Picard in that moment, looking at the top of his head, uh-huh, looking back at uh-huh. his eyes, yeah. what, what Picard is saying there, Picard is saying to his number one, look, this just isn't going to happen. And Riker's like, yeah, I guess it won't. <laughs> that is what's happening there. Okay. And I think it's beautiful. Well, Andy, that's quite a theory you have. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. I think this one's really going to stick. Uh, I'm obviously saying that in a vacuum, so I have no idea, but I, I, I feel like it will. Sure. I am wondering why the... So, okay, all this is happening. That was a long Picard's, road, I apologize it's for okay. the Picard is, uh, Picard's in the holodeck now with Riker, and there's a... You know, the crew, most of, a lot of the crew is still on board the ship. And then, uh, this happens. Data? This is Commander Data. Go ahead, please. I'm getting an indication of possible trouble in main engineering, sir. Can you be more specific? I'm afraid not. I'm reading in problem with the magnetic containment field, which contains the antimatter. You just got more specific. <laughs> Could you come up here? We'll go to engineering since that's where the trouble is. Wes, don't disturb the captain or Commander Riker until we check this out. Or, you know, disturb Just them. Just give them a heads up. Just, you know, hey, uh, there's a problem with the antimatter containment. Hi, <laughs> yes, sir. So, the dynamic duo of LaForge and Data head down to engineering. Which is completely empty. Bridge, this is main engineering. Ship is going through major upgrades. Yeah. At a star base. Yeah. And not one fucking person no. is working in engineering. On top of which, they're very quick to leave Ensign Wesley Crusher. Is he even, even Ensign? Acting Ensign Wesley Crusher? Yeah, he's an Ensign. Um, he's an officer. He's on the bridge. Do you I think, think it's normal? Fine. That was a question you can I leave had. Him. You that's can leave cool. him. No one All else right. is there. Yeah, it's fine. This is the bridge. Are you running any test programs up there? No. Are the binars? Not to my knowledge. Is there a problem? No, no. There's no one on duty here, and we're getting some very strange readings from the magnetic containment field. The field is deteriorating. Contact the captain immediately. I am initiating red alert. I love this stuff. In terms of what what you do in certain I love situations, this. I love procedure. I love it too. On a, on a starship, it was very fun. It, I can't maintain the integrity of the containment field. Engineering to captain. If the antimatter is released, the ship will be destroyed. Nothing I do has any effect. I'm losing it. And I've rechecked every circuit. This is not a mystery by the computer. Computer, situation analysis. Estimate release of antimatter in four... Now, why is it a different computer voice? Is this I had part of the binars that. upgrade? There were... Oh, that's an intru- That's actually a valid... It's 18 seconds. 17 seconds. 16 seconds. Engineering to bridge. This is the bridge. Alert Starbase. Inform them we are abandoning the ship. Tell them why. Initiate automated sequence for departure. Set course and speed to put maximum distance between the Enterprise and any inhabited planets. Shouldn't we wait for the captain's approval? There is no time. Based on all information presently available, the decision is correct. This is Lieutenant Commander Data speaking for the captain. Abandon ship. This is not a drill. All personnel. This is not a drill. I say again, abandon ship. All personnel. 
This is not a drill. Abandon ship. I love this shit. Also, I love how many fucking transporter rooms there are. 17? Three, they mentioned? That's four. Here, listen. Deck 6 through 16. Proceed to transporters 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Hold your positions, and 10. please. Prepare to energize. Through 28. And Proceed to energize. transporters 11, 12, 13, and 14. Decks 29 through 42. Proceed to transporters 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. We'll key it up again. I think they should be like more concerned. Like I feel like Starbase is not that Gesundheit is not that concerned with what's happening on the Enterprise. No, they aren't. It doesn't seem like anybody's Where, beaming in to help either. Also, couldn't they just activate the the transporters in the Starbase and just beam everybody out instantly? Well, I don't know how many transports starbase has i assume that's i mean quite if, they, a if, bit. They, if they've got 20 let's say they have 20 star they do they have apparently 20 transporter rooms each pad is going to handle eight to 12 people so that's what uh 220 and it takes how long to transport like probably 20 seconds yeah they're gonna be fine all right they're getting them out in time. Okay. Uh, By the way... Plus, uh, they also have a, a corridor to walk out. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. I wondered. Nobody's directed to that. And uh, you can even see them, see the shadows, which I thought was awesome. Well, did you? how big of a screen did you watch it on? I watched it on a small screen. You can see the people walk. That's what I'm saying. Those aren't I shadows. Love that. No, I know. I you love that. You can like, see what uniforms they're in. It's, what uniforms? Yeah. That's amazing. Like It's like a little mat shot. It's great. Oh, man. That's satisfying. Uh, as a side note, uh, when they're when they're beaming out, <laughs> there is a shot, and I think it's you, they pan over. But even in the shot, there are children waiting to be beamed out as Wesley is being beamed out. Well, Wesley is a child, <laughs> yeah. But there also there is an, an adult. There is an adult <laughs> lieutenant behind him. Yeah. on that pad. So, and also on that transporter pad in that shot when Wesley's getting beamed out, uh, there is an empty spot on the pad. <laughs> <laughs> so Wesley probably overruled everybody. Psychopath that he is. And no, no. Like, da, 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 come to. on, come on. I don't care. I don't care. Don't wait for the kid. Go, go. That is an order. <laughs> um, at twenty five, we don't have to. We don't have to go into it. But Data makes a uh, supplemental log. Yeah. While this is happening, it's insane. Here it is. Security team together. Pilot. Ship's log supplemental. This is Lieutenant Commander Data. I have put the ship on automated departure and ordered the complete evacuation of the Enterprise. Everyone remaining is leaving on foot or beaming off. Computer, where are the Captain and Commander Riker? All decks empty. Curious. The Captain is usually the last to leave. Let's go. We've only got 41 seconds. I think we're the last. I hope we are. Why do they go to the turbo lift to beam out? Good question. Also, like, uh, when they're, like, putting them port and aft, when Riker and and 
Picard are beaming onto the bridge with their phasers out, ready to ready to start some shit if they have to. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it'd be very funny if they beamed accidentally facing the walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, assume they have those kinks worked out. Well, sure, but it'd be funny. But uh, can you explain to me the? Uh, maybe you don't have an answer to this. Is it? What do you think of those handheld shots? In the empty corridor. Really enjoyed them. I liked them as well. I enjoyed the whole sequence. I enjoyed the self-destruct. Yep. Uh, I was a little confused by the... you. It seems like they're saying, well, it's unfortunate that we have to have it be five minutes. You can't reset it, so it's a different amount of time if you need to. Well, you know, there's two auto-destructs. There's the auto-destruct that requires the captain and the first officer, and there's the auto-destruct that requires three senior officers. I think the one with three senior officers you can set to any amount of time you want. Interesting. I don't know why that would be. That's not uh, canonical. Uh-huh. I'm just going by everything I've seen in Star Trek. It seems strange that you wouldn't have control over. So, it. like in, in this is going to be a flexible Star Trek three series need, of situations. Star Trek, Star Trek three, they need three senior officers, right? So they have Kirk, McCoy, Kirk McCoy, and uh, Scotty in first contact Riker is down on the planet so they can't do the auto destruct sequence first officer captain so it's Crusher Worf and Picard even though Worf shouldn't really be able to do it in Star Trek first contact because he's not a crew member he's been beamed from the defiant oh interesting because he's on D-Space 9 at that time but isn't if he's in Starfleet but he's the highest ranking officer doesn't he immediately become part of the crew what do you what do you mean isn't even though he's on defiant isn't he starfleet so he's starfleet but he's not a, if he comes on a ship he's not he becomes, a senior officer on board the enterprise when you beam over you don't become no your he's rank not, he's not like you are your rank but you're not like part of the crew you're not like part of the crew crew i mean they sent him to help a tactical i don't know if they ever officially like swear him on board the enterprise it's an interesting question and of course, Riker says you do remember how to fire phasers, right? God, that Riker! So funny. <laughs> Is he the funniest character in Star Trek? Not in my experience, but I haven't seen the future. No, but I mean, like you know, as a joke, as a joke, as a joke, he's definitely the one of the you know, maybe the biggest jokester. There's yeah, no question about that. And he seems real happy about Is it. Is Riker the biggest jokester in Star Trek? Do you want me to do a poll? No. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm asking the ladies and germs out there. Well, it depends if you're counting Q. Q certainly would be more of a jokester. Mm. Oh, what about uh, what about Jordy? Jordy is always uh, making a bunch of bad jokes. Yeah, that's true. Let's hear Captain Picard try to leave. Okay. This is your diversion, number one, not mine. Wait. We haven't danced. Uh, I don't dance. Then some more wine. No, thank you. Wait, please. Please don't go. You FYI. Mm-hmm. Just before this, Riker also again goes, no, no, don't leave. <laughs> so just saying. Why can't he leave? Exit. I think Riker's like, well, I can come back here and bone her anytime I want. I can only get a threesome just now. Captain DeBridge, situation report. It's going to be so unnerving for the captain and the first officer to walk out of a holodeck and for their ship to be at red alert. It's pretty great. Like a bridge. Computer, explain red alert. 
Initiated as a programmed response, the magnetic field containing the antimatter had weakened. There was no failsafe available. I wasn't unnotified. Unknown. Present condition? The magnetic field is now restored. Containment is restored. Propulsion is at maximum efficiency. It's major barrier. Commander data. Not on board the Enterprise. Explain. All Enterprise personnel except the captain and first officer have been evacuated. Evacuate? Was the situation that critical? Yes. Are we still docked at the Starbase? No. Position report. Coordinates 4159.26 by 81921 by 312. Heading 233, Mark 45. Destination. Planet Binus in the Beta Magellan system. The Binars. I don't understand the Binars have stolen the Enterprise. That information is not <laughs> it uh, always cracks me up when when uh, someone in Star Trek is talking to someone else and the computer answers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot of great sequences in this here program. Really fun. I, when they go into the weapons room, I am so excited by that. <laughs> it's just like... All I ever wanted out of Star Trek is the. I just really love day to day operation. Uh huh. I don't know why that so fascinates me. That's great. But I really like that. It's it's rich. It shows a rich world, a rich detailed yes. world. Yeah. And it makes it feel realer. Um. However, I will say that this whole thing with Picard and Minuet, uh, and Riker and Minuet. Uh huh. I think it. I kind of want someone. To take the audio clips of this and cut together a trailer for uh, some sort of romantic, romantic wingman comedy, comedy yeah. with Picard and Riker. Well, it's al- of- it's almost like it's almost like like Riker and Picard need wedding dates like that. Make that trailer, just clip it together. Use the same music. Well, you know what my spin on that trailer would be. Well, I do. You're, yours, I think it works yours, as a romantic comedy that way, yours too. Yours would be the uh, the infamous Broke Back to the Future trailer. Remember that? <laughs> Those kids from Emerson cut that together and whatever the hell year Broke Back Mountain came out? I don't remember that. You don't remember Broke Back to the Future? I don't know that I've seen oh, it. Are you about God, to pull it up? To the Future. And then it you know, started a, a whole spawn of these uh, trailers. Oh, yes. I did see this. You did see this? I did see this. Oh, well, then I won't play it. Okay. Everyone else is. Everyone else can look it up. Uh, But there have been many... There have been some... I think there's like a... Brokeback Trek. Is it Brokeback Star Trek? Uh, God, 10 years ago. Unbelievable how long the internet's been around. Yeah. Uh, and now we're part of it, Matt. I can't believe we're part of it. We're immortal now. <laughs> we are in the internet. Here's Brokeback. Pointless, tedious ramblings are captured forever. This is the Brokeback Star Trek. I wonder if this one's any good. It was a friendship. Just the two of us in a shuttlecraft for six hours. What am I going to talk to Captain Picard about for six hours? Seems like these are spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't touch Get off the bridge. Both of you. I didn't. I never shipped uh, Wesley <laughs> and uh, Wesley and uh, Picard. I, I never. 
like that I just used the word shipped. You're not a West Luke. I'm not a I'm not a West Luke. <laughs> but anyway, I'd like a I'd like a romantic comedy. Uh, they, they, I keep hearing the song in my head um, for that trailer. You know what I, I am? Don't know the name of the song that I'm a I'm a right card. <laughs> You are a right card. <laughs> I want that to happen. Uh, I think we all do. <laughs> Guys, what's some of your favorite shipping on uh, on Star Trek? Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> Email us. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Okay, so where are we on this? We are in the situation of Riker and Picard being left alone on the ship. Data questioning all of his decisions. Should I have been painting? Should I not have been painting? A little bit of a weird scene in the middle. Very weird scene. <laughs> Didn't need to happen. <laughs> They're in lockstep, these two. It's really inspiring. The God access. <laughs> weapons, weapons room. <laughs> We don't have uh, we don't have enough money to make all the weapons this how's week. That, what do we that, do? How's that for an act break for you? It's great. I mean, come I on, I loved it. This this episode is, and also for they kind of do the same thing at the beginning that they've done in other episodes. So maybe it's just a nuance of like there is no real danger in the teaser, but it worked for me. Like they indicate enough that there's something weird with these yeah with these people. Um. All the act breaks are great. It's a really solid episode. I, I agree. I don't. I don't understand it. Like, do people not like? I. I gotta look up like where this ranks on people's. Uh, well, I don't know how much it pulls it down, but it's what what we're getting to when they finally. I don't know if you have something to deal with before they beam into the. No, go ahead. Bridge, but that's the 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 end, and the resolution with the binars. That that kind of is a little bit is a little bit weak it just didn't pay off and the fact that they were they were kind of was it that, that they were lined up that gave the clues of what what the password was when he said there should be a note what do you mean at some first they go down to minuet and say oh well there should be a note it should be obvious if they wanted us to figure it out by the way if they wanted them to figure it out why did they lock them out of the bridge side issue yeah um but I think then Picard looks at the the um, the the binars and goes, "Oh, I have the answer." And I think he's taking their names and he's lining it up to use his passwords. And then he realizes it's got to be two of them entering it at the same time, which is, by the way, far too complicated if you want people to figure it out. But whatever. Um, but I think it's something about the way that they're lined up too on the wall, dying. Yeah, but it's weird and. N- not satisfying to me the very end what about it they the whole time they were planning this thing they infiltrated star trek for years apparently they steal the enterprise because they didn't want to get rejected um and then there's all this tension and at the very end it's like yeah there's really nothing to be afraid of hmm Tell me what this is all about. A star in the binar system went supernova, and they miscalculated. The electrical magnetic pulse from the explosion was going to knock out their main computer. And so their only choice was to transfer all the stored information and shut down until after it passed. And then reactivate their system and transfer the information back to the main computer. 
The Enterprise has the only mobile computer large enough to handle all that information. So what went wrong? Why are they dying? The star went supernova before it was expected. And you were late arriving at Starbase 74. Why didn't they say something? Why didn't they just ask for help? I don't know. I don't have those answers. Is there anything we can do? Yes. Return the data stored on the Enterprise's computer back to the one on Binars. How can we do that? You don't know? Yes, if I had the file name, but we don't. Do you? I don't know what you're talking about. They wouldn't intentionally hide it. Make it difficult for us to find. Must be right in front of our faces. We should contact Starbase 74 and see if it... For the record. Yeah. On, say, I don't know, your average computer. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe even on your iPhone. Uh Uh-huh. You can organize your files by size. They should just look for the biggest fucking file on the ship's computer. They needed an ex-Mac genius on the bridge at that moment. I'm just saying. Really could have been very easy to decipher. Sure. Why wasn't I on board? Also, I thought the whole time I was like, the password's going to be Minuet. Oh, that would have been much cleverer. That's what I thought. It, I was like, oh, the password's going to... Because, again, I hadn't seen this in 20 years. I was like, oh, the password should be Minuet. That's a good writing solution, Matt. <sighs> That's what I'm here for. Writing solutions to shows that aired 30 years ago. But a bunch of nerds said that the uh, the password was 11001001. I hope I got that right. You didn't. Very oh. close, though. You had uh, it, It's full of ones and zeros. You're right. Uh, so here they go. I like when they Name contact data. Or a place. Yeah, he really brushes um, Quintero's aside the there. They were trying to save. Help them, Will. Hurry. She ignores Picard. Please. They're still dead. This is the Enterprise. You read me. This is Starbase 74. Captain Picard, what is your situation? We'll go into that later. Right now, I must speak to Lieutenant Commander Data. I'm here, sir. Data, the Binars have stored an enormous amount of material in our computer. We need to access it, and we can't. The access would be available by code or password. Yes, I know that, Data, but what could it be? File names can be anything, sir. They want us to find it. They would have kept it simple. We've tried Tittyfucker97. place. <laughs> Did not work. It could be something personal. In this case, in binary language, which is ones and zeros in groups of eight or 16 characters. Would they have kept it that simple? Try it. The card out. When, they, when he says that simple and he points at them, what is he inferring? That's what I'm saying. The solution is something about the way that they're laid out. Which I don't That's get. The file. Exactly. No, access the Should have been minuet. Which I thought was go. I thought they were going to have the it, password be minuet spelled out in binary. Well, I thought what it should be if you're going to do that is maybe there's some, maybe there's some way of that they're pairing them. But it's like it should have been like one of them's name was one one, one of them was one zero, one was whatever. So they should have just been laid out left to right as the password. But they were like stacked. Yeah. Maybe there's a mathematical reason for it. So much for that idea. Let me get on the other position. The binars always work in pairs. Maybe that is also required. Uh-huh. It appears to be successful. And their system has started up. 
A resident diagnostic program is running. The system is absolutely incredible. Our people express their gratitude. We will return to your starbase for whatever punishment your system requires of us. Why didn't you just ask for our help? I don't know why they have to chatter so much for this. Should we lie? Well, I don't know. You he seems like a cool guy. No. What do you want to get to lunch for lunch after this? Would have said yes. I don't know. Our need was too great to risk rejection. So you stole it. Did you watch Big Little Lies? Their reason was yeah, the it was good. It was better than I thought. For them, there are only two choices, one or zero. Yes or no. Why did you lure me to the holodeck and hold me there? Because we knew we might die, and we needed someone to restore our computer. And you did. No one has been hurt. You have achieved your objective. You have your planet back in order. We have our ship. I, do, I love this, too. When Picard well, sits the con. That's great. I had the con. But not to worry, number one. You're in good hands. Starbase. You know what he's saying. Whoop. Two. Engage. Jean Luc doesn't know what he's doing to Riker in that moment. Everything's under control. Love it. So amazing. Is everything all right? We're fine. So. It's so satisfying. It's interesting because it's it's kind of the stuff to a certain degree that uh, the motion picture was critiqued for was all the loving shots of... Uh, of the Enterprise and the triumphant music. Um, those are those are some of the things I. I mean, they, they, it's 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 so excessive in the motion picture, right? It's so. It was really well, just great effects. I think I'm an effectsophile. Um, you're just like, you're like uh, LaForge. I'm there. like LaForge, but not specifically a mech. Of, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd have sex with the Enterprise. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Um, so, yeah, he goes back down to the holodeck to see Minuet, and she's not there. I did like the choice in casting and makeup there, because you just there is some... That she's sort of similar? So sim- similar. Similar. The wig is bad, and the eyes are sort of like... The, right. The makeup's harsher. So it's like a future version of a real doll. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I really would love to know if prior to this episode... If sex was happening, I mean, it must have been. Even if it was just the Aikido guys, like somebody was having sex with them. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the Hollow Suites do on D Space Nine. That's what they're there for. But that was that postdated this. Yes, but uh, you know, I assume Quark had been in business while this was happening. Uh huh. It's just that the way Riker talks, it's like this is the first time it's occurred to him. 
Well, I think How it's the first time this he's wanted go. to. You know, I think it's the first I time see. he's wanted to. So when he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to. He don't. He doesn't want to have uh, intimate relations with some dead-eyed uh, holograph. Unless you can get. But then he sees Minuet with his true love. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, Matt. So that's one one zero zero one zero zero one. Now you know what it's time for. The Andes, or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. So I think we're not working on it. Anymore. We're not really this is working what it on is. it. I'm happy to. Uh, a lot of people, have, several several uh, people on Twitter have sent us like, I guess you got your new your new sponsor or your sponsor. We don't have a sponsor. Andy's Mints. Andy's Mints. There you go. Um, oh. Um, so this is a tough one because I I really did enjoy it. I love the effects. I loved all the stuff that you loved about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved this the self destruct sequence. I thought that um, the the tension with the with the binars was pretty great uh, up until the end. And um, I love Riker and and Picard marching through, getting ready to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the reason it was disappointing is because I want to see them kick ass. But that's the Battlestar fan in me. But um, so, but on the other side, uh, data lore, which I gave seven and a half, this is where you get into weird areas. I, I start to grade things because I'm yeah. grading them in a vacuum. I think I gave it seven and a half, and I, I think that that hit me more, more deeply on like, oh, I love that episode. So I guess I would give it a seven. You'd give this episode a seven. A seven. I'm giving it an eight. Give it an eight. It's I'm, the highest rated episode by me so far. I respect that. Uh, really just there's so many elements of this that i enjoyed um you know again i'm a sucker for fucking day-to-day life yeah that's why one of my favorite episodes later in the series is called data's day which is just fucking following data around all day the whole thing pretty much that's pretty great the um what's the name of the game they're playing par parisi squares parisi squares Riker's quite a player side issue yeah. uh i would have loved to see the the security team take on the uh oh, the sure. maintenance team that sure. that has got to be a bunch of nerds like us on the uh, maintenance team d space nine uh yeah. called take me out to the hollow suite where uh-huh. the crew of d space nine takes on uh cisco's old foe from starfleet academy a vulcan captain and his crew at <laughs> baseball this sounds amazing <laughs> take me out to the hollow suite although i would have loved it if it was the next generation crew versus ds9 that would have been sweet but wharf you know wharf's there okay see so get and chief o'brien fair enough you get two out of the nine positions filled by the enterprise crew yeah uh great job it's time for uh, us to tell you who the mvc of this episode is Fastness of space when the going gets rough. You gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. That's why you're this week's MVC. Seems pretty clear to me. It is. Mr. Picard, Captain Picard. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah, there's there's really no contest. I mean, he's leaving. It's him trying to leave the holodeck. I would say that uh, Data, I wonder if he has... Um, he he changed his tone as soon as he took command, and he, he felt more commanding. And I wonder if he's just, again, duplicating what humans do when they take command. Uh, oh, that's interesting. But uh, whatever the case, 
Um, and then who else? I mean, I guess you could say Wesley once again spotted the the problem um, and maybe waited a little too long to see how everything played out before mm-hmm. he beamed himself to safety just mm-hmm. in front of the children. Interesting. But yeah, John Luke Picard. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard, you are MVC. Uh, you can look, uh, check the mail uh, for your uh, award. <laughs> Should we flood their emails? <laughs> you got another one. What the hell is this? <laughs> um, cool. Guys, we'll be back next week with, uh, with an episode. Uh, so it's been 20 years since I've seen this one. It's been... As long, if not longer, since I've seen. I'm glad you revisited it. I really enjoyed this one. Next one. Uh, cool. Yeah. And hey, uh, folks, go to our. Uh, email us. Email us at sttncpod at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And, um, and go to iTunes and, and, uh, and review us. Um, we keep fluctuating wildly, and I'm not sure why. Um, in our rating? Uh, no, in our. Yeah, in our rating. Yeah. Like no. we, we go from like two stars to five stars? To no, no, three not stars? in our rating. Our rating is all very high oh. in, in our ranking. Oh, well, that's a bullshit. Yeah, he doesn't care about that. I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Wildly competitive. Even well, though. that's the Andy we all know and love. That's right. The wildly competitive angry boy. Andrew Secunda. Uh, also, uh, you can follow the show on Instagram now. We have an Instagram account that Andy set up last week and I didn't know about until today. I think it's the same as our Twitter at Star Trek TNC. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I may put a picture of uh, Wesley, um, 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 you know, on the transporter with the child in front of him, <laughs> and the empty spot on the pad. <laughs> the empty spot on the pad. Uh, all right, guys, uh, it's gonna be uh, pretty cool when I find the transporter sound. You know what? Let's just go back to the bridge. Nice. We'll hang out up here for a minute. I'm going to look around. There's 20 fucking transporter rooms in here. You'd think I'd be able to find one. Oh, boy. Somebody was also asking about the purpose of the... Of transporting out of the show? They were sort of addressing what I was saying, which is why not just do a site-to-site transport all the time? I think it's safer from the pad. Sure. You know? It's probably like a... You know, like a... 99.99% 99.99% success rate from the transporter pad and it's probably like a 98.8% success rate from site to site transports. I don't like those odds. You don't like those odds? You're not going to transport all the time? 99.9? I want to know that I'm going to be nine, whole. 99999. Well, they have McCoy. some mistakes. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm like Wesley on the bridge. Just me and the weirdo binars. Who knows what they're saying about me? Just yammering to each other. Probably talking about what I'm wearing. My weird ensign outfit. <laughs>